Okay, Brian, what's going on? We're back with another episode. And this week, we're talking about pen pals and prison pen pals specifically. So we have, you know, a wonderful guest uh, that's going to be joining us shortly, Kiera, uh, who's uh, part of the organization Black and Pink. And, um, you know, I just uh, wanted before we got on the line with Kiera, I just wanted to sort of talk to you a little bit about, you know, your thoughts um, and your experience uh, with pen pals. Sure. Yeah. um, You know, most of my communication with incarcerated folks happens over the phone. I actually don't have a whole lot of experience doing letter writing, but I do have a little bit. I would say in my experience, you know, just like talking over the phone is, well, they're different in a lot of ways, obviously. I think as we talk about on the episode, phone calls are shorter, you know, uh, whereas letters can be a lot longer and more detailed. You know, it also takes a long time for a mail to be sent and received, and your mail can get interrupted a lot. I've had letters that are quote-unquote lost with my pen pals, uh, and you know, there's like a period where like nobody, you're not getting a letter and they're not getting a letter and nobody's sure who <laughs> hasn't written. But uh, but I will say on the whole, you know, those are the experiences that are, you know, the, the, the most eye opening that I think you can have if, if you don't have somebody, you know, maybe like a family member or a friend who's been incarcerated. Uh, you know, this is the this is a really good way to sort of form a relationship with somebody. Um, on the inside and sort of, you know, understand what's going on in the life of somebody who's there. And in addition, you know, I think for for the person that you're speaking with, it can be a lifeline um, in a lot of ways, too, that I that I think we'll discuss on the episode. But but yeah, I mean, what what do you think? What do you have to say about pen paling, Kim? I don't have um, a formal, you know, uh, pen pal or you know to put it i i haven't gone through an organization i'll put it that way mm-hmm. um to have uh you know to write to incarcerated folks mm-hmm. um i've known them through you know through my networks and whatnot or they you know as in the case of my sons you know they're my sons so i write to them and they write back but I think, you know, it's it's an important topic in part because the communication within the system in general is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're never writing or talking to your loved one alone, that there's always an audience beyond just them. And you're always aware of that, or I'm always aware of that, right? So it's like, if it's a phone call, you know, you know, they tell you, GTL tells you, you know, the call is being monitored (laughs) and recorded and blah, blah, blah. Um, If, you know, if it's a letter, you know that all incoming mail or all mail that's going into a prison is opened uh, in the prison mail room and it's searched. Uh, sometimes it's read or scanned or withheld or destroyed for whatever reason. So you're having to communicate under those circumstances, which is frustrating to say the least. Um, yeah. But I think that as so many people have expressed, they are deeply, deeply appreciative of, you know, the contact, um, the time that, you know, Mm -hmm. 
people put out just to, you know, say hi or to check in on them. Um, and especially now, I mean, it's, you know, we live in a world where all you have to do is text somebody um, and get a, you know, quick response, no matter where you are in the world, um, or you email them and you can get a quick response. So our communication outside doesn't mirror the kind of communication that you have with someone who's in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's such a fucked up thing. Like, it's just so hard to, to communicate. I mean, I can't tell you how just upsetting it is to get a call. And then, you know, for some reason the call drops, right. And it's not because it's your carrier that's, you know, crappy. It's because the, you know, company, um, cuts off the the number or if you are running low on funds you know it's like it says you have 30 seconds to you know for the phone call it tells you the amount of time you have for a phone call and you know it's like it it, then the call just stops after 30 seconds like you're done you know and a letter takes weeks a letter takes weeks i mean there's times where you know, I've written something, um, you know, to to someone, and they may not get that letter for a month or longer. Yeah, you know? I mean, even and, even emails through like JPay take days to get delivered, which kind yeah. of like defeats the. I mean, in a way, it kind of defeats the purpose of email. But yeah, but, I mean, yeah, that's I mean. like incredibly frustrating. You know, I know with some of uh, the people that I speak to, you're trying to maybe like arrange a time that you both can be on the phone. Because again, like I can't call the prison and be like, Oh, may I please speak to so-and-so there's a time when I get a phone call and if I don't miss it or God forbid, like I press the wrong number on my phone. Cause you know, when I get a phone call, it's like press, you know, you're getting a phone call. Yeah. Yeah, And then I press 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 zero zero and I press like star or something. Well then it's just going to hang up on that person. Exactly. And, And I think, I mean, I'm not sure, but I think in some cases it might even like, make it so they can't call me right back because it's supposed to be like, you know, it's yeah, supposed it to locks be restricting. Them, yeah. It locks them out of the system. Um, and then they can't call back for an hour. Um, yeah. But, so you know, it's absurd. Uh, you know, so there are all these barriers and obstacles um, in terms of communication. And it's not that it, it's not that they're, how do I want to put this? scratch that. I'm not, I'm not even going to say that because it was a half form thought and, you know, not worth <laughs> really kind of going there. But I think that, you know, the, the letter writing, I mean, I, I do spend quite a bit of time letter writing and, you know, um, I think that it, forming a relationship with someone that you don't know is a really tough thing. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and forming a relationship with someone you don't know, who happens to be in prison, you know, is also, you know, kind of tough because you have to, you have to trust them. You know, you really do have to trust them. And I think that trust has to be the the basis of, you know, of that relationship and, um, and that communication. But I think that, you know, from many people that I've talked to who do pen pal as part of, you know, a, a formal group that they're working with that they find the experience. Um, and I'm talking about the people on the outside, right. uh, specifically, you know, find that experience deeply rewarding. And, you know, it, it's unlike any other relationship, you know, they've, they've had, 
And then what I've heard from people on the inside is that, you know, it just, it just makes a big difference. Like it it just, yeah. Like I, I just, you know, and I think there's, there's an element obviously of, of earning that person's trust too. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we talk a little bit, I think on the episode about what are those first few letters like? I mean, it's not, uh, you know, I wouldn't advise anybody to reach out to somebody and be like, hey, what are you in for? Or like, hey, you know, what is your crime? They have to trust you and don't write to them and ask them what they're in for and things like that. Yeah, yeah, those yeah, things, right. I think, emerge organically. And what springs to mind when when someone says, you know, it's it's a shame that you even have to tell people that you shouldn't write to someone who's in prison and ask them what they're in for. I know, um, but I feel like you do. <laughs> but you do. But you do. Because I think that people fetishize, you know, people in prison. And they fetishize that, you know, their experiences and things like that. And it's not the kind of thing that if that's where you are in life, like you need to go do some work on yourself and leave other people alone. I'm just saying, (laughs) I just don't feel like you are ready um, to, you know, to, to, to deal with that. Um, So I don't know. I completely agree. Uh, I, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a, like a, a, a dance I feel like trying to convince people that this is something they should consider doing or to take the leap if they're already considered doing it because you know there are there all are all of these considerations to be made but it is something and you know I mean like obviously there's no denying like this is a a a sensitive space that we're talking about um and you you really shouldn't you know just be diving in there uh you know prying with like prying questions and and like asking all these things as if somebody who's in prison has forfeited all of their privacy. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is a person uh, who, you know, you should be earnestly trying to like build a relationship and a friendship with. I mean, it's, it's about Mm -hmm. friendship. I mean, like you shouldn't think about it really any other way than if you were building a friendship with somebody on the outside, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you wouldn't ask them, you know, prying sensitive questions about their life right out the gate as an icebreaker. Absolutely. Um, And, uh, and yeah, you know, I think that it's just important to be mindful and just think about it well, uh, if it, you're going it, to get involved. The thing that came to mind when you were talking is that, you know, if you have um if you have an agenda going in, probably sit that one out. Yeah. You know, that if you feel as though, you know, the the thing like you have that you, there's something there that you're seeking from that person that it's probably not the thing. And maybe I'm just setting up ridiculous boundaries or, you know, thinking about it in, in ways that, you know, contradict how other people are thinking about it and not going to, you know, um, discount that. But I just, I feel like, you know, go into it open and mm-hmm. genuine. Um, and, you know, and then just kind of see what what emerges. I mean, it's like, I think you, yeah, you need to set, you know, some boundaries. Um, but I also think that um, let the relationship unfold organically, um, as organically as it possibly can, because that's, you know, for what I've heard, I'll put it that way, what totally. I've heard from people I mean- that... 
I've corresponded with is that it is um, it's their little piece of quote unquote normal, right? right. And um, however you want to define that for you and in the context of your, you know, relationship with with that person. Yeah, you know, and I think you know, just going off of that, I think that this that pen paling and having this kind of relationship building is, you know, an important way to push back on the way that, you know, we as a society dehumanize these people and see them, uh, you know, as, you know, dehumanize them. And I think Mm -hmm. that feeds into the tendency that some people might have to, uh, you know, come at this with an agenda or to, you know, ask prying questions or, or do any of those things. I think, you know, sort of the the act of treating somebody in prison as a human being that, and not treating them as any different than somebody that you build a friendship with on the outside um, is an important and powerful act, both for you and for the person, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on the inside. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I think, I think pen palling is, is like humanizing uh, in a way. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Um, but I, uh, I also think of it in terms of, you know, that this is a form of organizing, that mm-hmm. this is um, a way of building community yep. um, and, you know, d- developing those networks uh, that are really vital to people, um, not just while they're doing time, but will be vital when that person, you know, uh, gets out. And, you know, I think we'll probably need to do you know, a whole episode on that topic alone, um, because, you know, the, the, not just the getting out, but that specifically, you know, having networks of support, um, outside that, that can help you get back on your feet because it, it requires a lot of people. Um, but you know, I'm excited. I'm excited about today's conversation. I'm looking forward to to hearing what Kiara has to say and uh, to learning more about uh, her pen pal, uh, Michael. And um, at the risk of maybe romanticizing this too much, I do think that like maintaining regular contact with somebody in prison is a very powerful form of uh resistance because the entire structure of communication as we were talking about a little bit earlier is is built uh to deter you from wanting to talk to somebody or like you're or to make it difficult make it hard enough that you know it's likely that you're gonna you're gonna lose touch with that person it's Mm -hmm. the isolation is like on purpose it's the whole point of why they've put all these barriers there Mm -hmm. and so i think uh it's really powerful if if you can overcome that and maintain regular contact and build a friendship with someone on the inside, because that is like the prison is the antithesis of that. Absolutely. So that was the last thing that I wanted to say. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think you're on point right there. I think that, you know, it, that is an abolitionist, um, you know, goal or, um, or that is abolitionist um, in and of itself, that action um, of having, you know, and maintaining that communication with someone. And I'm saying communication rather than contact um, because uh, intentionally, right? right? I know that, um, you know, uh, one of my sons has a friend um, that he's had for many, many years. Um, and, you know, that friend has been very good about, you know, staying in touch and being there and, you know, just writing 
um, and what have you. But, you know, sometimes life happens and people have their own things going on and whatever. And, you know, um, they kind of fall out of touch, you know, and then when they reconnect, it's as if, you know, no time has passed. And time is also funny thing when you're talking about, you know, prisons, but, um, you know, it's, um, as someone who is, you know, born witness to that relationship, that friendship, um, and who's in contact, you know, with, with the parties involved, um, my son and his friend, um, it's just an incredible thing. And, you know, it's, it, it sometimes requ- requires reminding one or both of them that, you know, well, you know, shit happens and, yeah. you know, it's like, it's going to be okay. Um, yeah. Don't be too hard on them. And and I've had that conversation with both parties. I'll put mm-hmm. it that way. Um, you know, and it's like, because it, you do, I think it, it can be really daunting sometimes um, because you feel a sense of guilt and responsibility to mm-hmm. the person inside um, to write to them on a regular basis. And if mm-hmm. you miss a letter, it, it it just weighs on you. Um, or at least it weighs on me. I'll put it that way. I'll, okay, I'll yeah. speak about my own experience. It weighs on me tremendously. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I feel like with all the tools that we have available now, um, you know, out here, um, not many of those things help you overcome these barriers to communication with people on the inside. I mean, the only Mm -hmm. thing that I find useful about any of these tools or apps that are out here are things like Shutterfly. So I can send pictures from my phone. I mean, you know, I made a conscious effort this year to focus more um, on my relationships with people um, that are in my life um, rather than, you know, expanding out into this broad, you know, world or whatever. Um, And, you know, that's it. Pictures have been a big part of that. And, you know, reminding myself that, yeah, it's really easy to just post a picture on Instagram. um, And it takes just as much time to send a picture to someone in prison on Shutterfly. Um, And it's free. You know, I mean, you pay like what, $2 for the shipping and handling. Um, So it's not like it used to be where you had to, you know, take the roll of film to CVS and, you know, develop the film and pick it up several days later. And then, you know, know, it put, uh, I mean, the only thing it doesn't allow you to do is, you know, put a description on each of the photos and, or maybe I just haven't figured out how to do that. But, um, and this is not a paid partnership with, you know, Shutterfly. Uh, I'm just putting that out there as an example. But uh, <laughs> just saying, it's like, you know, it, it just, it's made life easier. It's made Sponsored life by easier. Shutterfly. Right? <laughs> and it's like, you know, but it, it's, no, and I'm I, kidding. oh God. Yeah, but you're reminding me of another thing that, you know, and this is probably something we need to do an episode on as well is, you know, talk about how many companies are really profiting off of this system because I mean I just mentioned one and I'm not going to mention them again on purpose but (laughs) you know um they're making money off of and I mean you get nickled and dimed like I it it always blows my mind with jpay like I I don't know if uh, like how much experience a lot of people have 
emailing with people on JPay. It's not great. Um, but it's this ridiculous scheme where you have to like buy a certain number of stamps that corresponds with the number of pages of your email. And what they what JPay does is they let you make the text of your email like super duper tiny so that you can squeeze more pages out of it. And it's like, God. I'm like, are you kidding me? What I mean, what, it's it's like so debasing. You know what I mean? Like so that so the person or I have to squint my eyes to read this message because or not uh, be able to read it at all because yeah, exactly. or like don't. pony up more money for these stupid like electronic stamps, you know, and they, it's like this no. whole it's like it's like these made up credits, you know, where like, mm-hmm. you know, a stamp is a certain amount of money. It's just the whole thing uh is absurd. So Absolutely. Oh no, I have I have a whole, you know, lot to say about, you know, <laughs> PL and all these other, you yeah. know, companies that are, you know, and this this program is not sponsored by GTL. <laughs> no. Um, you know, it's just it, it it's obnoxious um yeah. how much, you know, they are making from us, but it also points to the fact that it's not that you know, it, it, so they say, oh, well, you know, prisoners can't have email or they can't have social media or they can't have this and they can't have that. It's not that they can't have it. It's that they can have it for a price. Yeah, it's monetized. So it's, you know, whereas, you know, you can go on Google and you can set up your Gmail for free, um, you know, and we can debate free people. But I'm just saying for the sake of freaking argument, work with it, <laughs> um, you know. You set up an email for free. Um, you're we're basically making, or these companies are making prisoners pay for setting up an email and sending and receiving email, which we do for free. So yeah. it's not that they can't have it; it's that it's got to be mediated by a third party that is profiting from you know that relationship, and that is part of the problem here. And let me say, like, you want people wonder, or maybe they don't wonder, but you know, there is like all this talk about contraband cell phones in prison, uh, and corrections departments like to say that the reason why uh, incarcerated people are buying these contraband phones and and breaking the prison rules is so that they can commit more crimes and they can bring drugs into the prison. Um, but in reality, you know, at least uh, in my own reporting, um, the one of the main reasons why people opt for these phones and take on the risk of getting them is because it's just more efficient. It's easier. Uh, and in some cases, you know, if you look at it over a long period of time, it could be cheaper uh, than having to deal with all this garbage in order to yeah. stay in touch with someone. I mean, like one of the main reasons why uh, incarcerated people use these phones is to keep in touch with people on the outside. I mean, that's, Absolutely. Just, that's just the truth. Yeah, so. No one is, no one is running an international crime ring from freaking prison. Like yeah. y'all been watching way too yeah, many there were, specials. Yeah, if there were no drugs in prison before. Uh, and they're yeah. largely brought in by the, you know, by the staff and CEO. Yeah. So, Absolutely. you know, so you got that there, but I think that, you know, the, the point about, um, the, you know, contraband and, and the cost, um, of, you know, or the risks associated with contraband phones, as opposed to the cost of using, you know, one of these, uh, third party, um, services, um, 
is, you know, is real. Like I, you know, I, you can't, you know, if you have a GTL account, um, you know, and you're using GTL as as your, uh, for your phone service, or that's who your department of corrections is contracted with, you know, they are, um, they set a, a limit in terms of, or a minimum rather, um, in terms of how much you have to put on the phone. So we know that this system already targets, you know, the, the most um, financially vulnerable, the poor, um, you know, and you can't, you can't just talk, you have to have a credit card or a debit card, you know, then you have to have, you know, a $25 minimum. Um, And that's, and I do that like every month. Right. So multiply that by two. Um, And it's, you know, sometimes if we've run through that twenty five dollars, then it could be seventy five dollars one month, you know, for phone calls. And that's just phone calls. And that adds up. Yeah. And it adds up. I mean, so, you know, in in terms of, you know, talking about communication uh, in general here, um, I think, you know, what I what I like about writing is it's tangible. Um, and I'm still one of those people that, you know, um, likes notebooks. Like I love composition books and journals. Like I get all excited when I walk into Michael's and I'm like, Oh, they have these cute little, you know, journals and things like that. Um, you know, and I'm always trying to find ways to incorporate, um, you know, artwork and things into, um, into my letters, uh, so that, you know, I can, send those in and, you know, and have that. And it's like, okay, this is, this is what I'm doing today, or this is, you know, you're sending a piece of yourself. And I appreciate so much getting, you know, um, getting a piece of mail back um, and getting a physical letter, because I know that that person, you know, even if I can't physically touch them or hug them, um, you know, and I'm thinking of, of my sons in this case, um, that I get, I get to have something that they touched, you know, that they wrote, that they put pencil to paper, um, and, and, you know, spent some time doing, and I keep every single letter, um, that I get. I, I just find it like such a special thing. Um, whereas, you know, when I go to the mailbox, it's mostly bills or crap and, you know, totally. And weekly circulars, which go in the mail in the trash. Um, but when there's a letter from someone, you know that um, that's inside, it's just it's just special. And I'm not trying to, you know, um, as you put it earlier, I'm not trying to romanticize it. But um, I think that you know it it is special. It's special for me, yeah. um, but it's also meaningful um, for them. And my sons do take notice. I know my, my oldest son, um, and happy birthday, Claude, happy 30th birthday. I yeah. Happy birthday, Claude. Claude, that you're 30 years old. What the hell has happened here? Um, but <laughs> I just turned 31. I hear that. <laughs> oh God, shut up. What is this? I'm around baby. all these babies. Oh, uh, anyway, that, that means, yeah, for those of you doing the math, I'll save you the trouble. I'm 49. I'll be 50 this year. So, you know, it's, um, you know, uh, 
all I kept thinking about, you know, for um, the past week was like, my God, you know, in the lead up to his birthday, I'm like, I wish I could, you know, take him out to dinner or that we could have yeah. a big celebration. It's such an, you know, an important milestone. I mean, I remember being, you know, turning 30 like it was yesterday, um, you know, and I, I was just like, how do you, how do you share that? milestone and celebrate that with somebody on the inside and how yeah. do you express that other than to say happy birthday or to right. send a birthday card and i mean you're gonna you're gonna laugh but i decided i would send 30 birthday cards to him throughout <laughs> that's the month. awesome so that's great. <laughs> he got he got the first wave of them the other night um, oh, on his birthday, as a matter of fact. And he had been talking to someone earlier that day about, you know, um, getting mail and, you know, waiting to see and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, when, you know, mail call came around, he had seven letters and the person distributing the mail said, oh, you know, Claude, you have seven letters or seven birthday cards here. It's like somebody really cares about you. And he's like, who would send me seven birthday cards? Like, you know, and he saw the, the address and it's like, oh, my mom, of course. I mean, um, and that's the huge part, you know, like you just <laughs> said, like somebody, somebody out there cares about you. I mean, I can't, you cannot understate how important uh, it is to receive mail uh, on the inside, especially you know, like handwritten letter and not like something from a lawyer or like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so I think yeah. that's, I think that's a really excellent yeah. point. Yeah. So anyway, I'm looking Happy forward. birthday, Claude. Yeah. Right. Happy birthday, hon. I, I'm just, um, oh God, I can't believe you're 30. I'm like, mm. I, I just, I feel like it was just yesterday and I'm, I'll spare you the gory details of, you know, how Claude came into the world. Um, but <laughs> For another episode. <laughs> I, yes, that, that's another that'll episode. Be a, that'll be a Patreon exclusive. We're, we're looking, we're looking for sponsorship for that episode. Um, <laughs> well, I think that's probably a great place to uh, segue into our interview. So, right, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> well, here it All is. Right.